0: getting to the point but taking the scenic route to get there this is the bottom line podcast from 100.7 the score
1: i'm mike hebert owner of cantex roofing and construction every day is game day and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing construction windows and mirrors call cantex roofing and construction today together we are one serving you
2: Rolling through your lunch break on 100.7 the score, 107 the score.com, and the 100.7 the score mobile app on the bottom line. Jeff McGuire in for the one and only choice Woodman, sitting alongside uh, Matt Essensen and Ben Portman across the way, taking care of us today as he does from time to time. Gentlemen, did you see the news today? The news we have all been waiting for?
1: Well, that's a fake question because i was waiting to win the lottery but it hasn't happened yet but i know it's news you're talking about so i'm
3: on board with it
2: top 25 red raider basketball team Mm.
3: sort of knew that already because i reported it in my sports center yesterday let it rain on a parade let it rain
2: i'm happy i had this nice little parade didn't go through main street yep well, no big band marching this parade. Small parade.
1: Nope. Ben closed Main Street.
2: Ben got to come in here and just be like, "Sorry, sir, you're not allowed to walk through here. To have any fun, you have to go that way." No, no, we're not blocking off traffic for you. No,
1: I'm excited to being top 25, and as you should as a tech fan. But
2: it's also first ranking this year, first ranking for with coach. for the coach here at yeah. Texas Tech, yeah. and your first ranking since the debacle of last year.
1: We don't talk about
2: last year. No, but it is part of the equation here. Like, this is the next step in recovery from where we were to where we want to be. Mm-hmm. Now, it is not done yet. Let's make this very clear. Top 25 ranking on January on January 16th means nothing on March 16th. Means nothing. Unless you can continue to be ranked going forward which I think this team can, the way they have been playing with the defense that you have seen, with the camaraderie and I I hate to keep bringing this up, the team mentality, the we-can-do-this attitude that they've got, that even when they've struggled, it's still been situations where they can go forward and chip away at a a 20-point run that they had just given up.
1: This year's team is a we over I, and you could have, last year was most definitely a I over we team. It was I can do this, I can score. Give me the ball, everybody spread out. This is much more of a team effort, and it's it's shown in every game. The last game against Kansas State was that way. I mean, just defensively, you look so much better. And for the fear coming into this season was. At least my fear was we're undersized, Warren Washington. If if something happens, that's it. That's it. I mean, we are severely you, undersized. But I
2: still do think you're a little undersized.
1: You are, but what but I'm you're saying is it, bigger is than it, you look. That's right. It hasn't stopped you from finding ways to get the wins.
2: Now, let's pull up on those reins just a touch. No, I'm drinking the juice. No, no, we, we can drink juice. Juice is fine. We're not loading the juice yet.
1: Juice toddies. Here we go
2: you're 3-0. Oh. We're not 12-0. Oh. These are two different juices that we would be drinking at that point. That you look at this week in the Big 12, you have Houston tomorrow in Houston. Mm-hmm. I know that their record is shocking to a lot of us. But it's not a situation where we think Houston's a bad basketball team. I will be the first to make fun of Houston's football program without hesitation. I don't need an opportunity. I just need someone to listen. We're not talking football right now, so it's a waste of time. But their basketball team is legit. They're just running into the Big 12, which everybody at some point in this conference goes through where you're like, huh, that was an interesting loss. Didn't see that one coming. Oh, look. Here's another one. Okay. Regroup. Go forward. That's kind of the nature of this conference. So... I'm still looking at tomorrow as being a tough stretch. You then have BYU here on Saturday, and next week doesn't get a whole lot easier. like your next four games are against four ranked opponents. You have
1: number five Houston, number 20 BYU, 15 Oklahoma, and 19 TCU. It's your next four games you go what, what 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 would you think out of these four games? I mean,
2: if you go two and two in the next four, I think that's a solid run.
1: You're 16 and four. Um, be a great start,
2: and the two I would pick in that would be BYU and TCU as wins. As wins, uh, okay. I'm not sold on uh, BYU yet in the Big Twelve for basketball. I think they're a good team. Don't get me wrong; they're not they're not scrubs, but the grind that is the Big Twelve. I just haven't been impressed with what I've seen from them. I haven't been like overly enthusiastic about what they bring to the table, but. And, and I think they're gonna they're gonna take some lumps this year and I think you can start that process so
1: you you have tomorrow's game as a as a loss
2: um yeah I'm would your way.
1: would your thought change if Houston didn't come off of back-to-back losses no okay so so you just think that just as of right now in this season they're just a better team I think they're a better team I got you
2: before. okay um give credit where credits due Houston has had a very very good basketball program for a long time yes um I think Oklahoma is better than you at home than you are on the road, I think is where I would lean toward Oklahoma winning that game. And I'm just not like – like, if you were to tell me that you went into TCU and won, would anybody be shocked? It's not like that's a hostile environment for you. I think TCU's good, but I think you're just as good as they are. That They don't scare me. They're good, but they don't scare me. Yeah, I think you're on par. I'd Like, lose that game by five – yeah, that works. I wouldn't shock me. Win that game by five. Wouldn't I, I'm there? You're right in that kind of wheelhouse for me for that game. Sure. Um, this thought off the H Lawrence Center chat line. Tech one, so it hasn't gotten much air or chat time. But what are y'all's thoughts on the K State player not hanging on the rim, uh, but also trying to wrap his legs around Williams? The the hanging on the rim play from two game. Why do I think it's two games ago? Um, it was partially you know that you're not allowed to hang on the rim. Like that's the rule. But there's it, enough unless you're
1: avoiding injury to it, you or the other player. Or the you other have, player you have and, that and
2: right. he he was. I mean it kind of looked like he was trying not to land on somebody or land in an awkward way. Uh, I didn't just absolutely jump on the issue when I saw it happen like it didn't draw any attention from me. Uh, apparently he when he landed or in process of hanging uh, told everybody he's number one, or that they're number one, uh, with a respective digit. That I would have a problem with if I had seen it, but I didn't see it live. So it's kind of I, it's.
1: I thought the call was weak. To throw technicals, I I just thought that I I didn't think that the hanging was excessive, nor did I think Warren Washington kind of standing up saying you're you're not gonna wrap your legs kind of around me. Per se, and look like I got posterized on a poster. We're not, we're not doing that as well. Right. I didn't see a reason to call the technical on both people. I think the refs easily could have just pushed both te- both players, which not push, but you know, separate sure. both and say, "Hey, next play, guys, come keep, on." Keep hey. in
2: mind that not all technicals are equal. Some technicals are a technical because you've earned one, and some technicals are technicals. We're going to stop this now. Yeah. And I really felt like those were technicals. We're going to stop this.
1: Stop now. this now. Yeah. I just. I, I didn't. I didn't like the call from the refs. I, I I understand that from their maybe their view. You know, that's one thing. Is when you're watching TV, we have a different view than refs. You know, they're in person, they're seeing it. It might have looked worse.
2: And they're hearing things in the that action. We're not. Keep that in mind too.
4: Yeah,
1: but I don't know. Trash talk's a part of the game. It's just a part of every sport. I mean, you're you're gonna mouth each other, and I don't know. I, I I had more problem with the call than what the the K-State player did or what Washington did. You just break it up, next play, on to the next.
2: yeah. That, but that. that's also kind of what Grant McCaslin's teams have done, too. Like, something bad happens. All right, well, that sucked. Let's fix it and get going on right now. That's right. Where it's been an immediate swing. Um, I think it's fair to say that it'd be hard to be happier with where you're sitting with the Red Raiders right now than what they have done with mm. everything starting from last year, going to this season, new coach, new roster, big twelve is still big twelve. It's hard not to be a, It's hard not to be excited right now if you're you should be excited.
1: Look at what you had last year. well, let me let me rephrase that. look what you didn't have last year.
2: Mm. yeah, uh, you
1: know, look how the season ended. Look at the, you know, instantly you knew when the season was over last year that players were going to leave you you know some people were saying that we
2: wanted to help them leave yeah we helped pack we did pack bags for a few
1: but some people were thinking that we were going to lose our whole team because of how bad it was there was just there was that that going out last year so you're undefeated in big 12 play yes it's only three games but one of those teams was texas which is a great win you you beat a Kansas State team that's Although always tough.
2: It would really be nice, and I can't believe I'm saying this out loud for Texas to win a couple of basketball games. You I just, don't uh, put that evil on I, any of us.
1: No, I don't want them no. to win them all, but no. another one would be nice. No. Winless
2: UT. Is
1: I'm that not happy. Saying I'd
2: cry, but it makes our win look better if they start winning some games.
1: Nah, long as we win, we're good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's the bottom line. 100.7. The score. 107. The score. Dot com. Bill Belichick. From a Patriots fan. Coming up next.
0: Getting to the points, but taking the scenic route to get there. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score.
2: It's the Bottom Line on 100.7 The Score. 107thescore.com and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Let me clean something up here real quick. Two hanging incidents on the rim in the last two games. The first one had the number one salute. The second one did not. Mm-hmm. Two different, I got them crisscrossed. My bad. So, if you are like me and crisscross them as well, we have now been corrected. There were two incidences. One of them had the number one salute. The other one did not. Uh, also off of the Yates Flooring Center chat line, uh, go it moved i agree keep winning games and then it won't matter what ut win uh doesn't look like great doesn't look that great uh when they quote hopefully keep losing sure keep winning games win them all won't have to worry about it i i think that's a lot to ask for in the first year of Grant McCaslin. next year next year we can ask not, to win them all it's not a lot to ask for it is a lot to ask for, especially in big 12 play they're going to try. And, they're, and if we see nothing else.
1: Yeah, but you have a the huge grace period in the Big 12. You
2: just ha- I mean,
1: and, and I, I know it's hard, but what? no, no, hear me out. The grace is you just have to finish realistically in the top six or seven of the Big 12 oh. to get the tournament invite. I'm not saying I'm you're I'm not going to win the Big 12. Seven probably yeah, still get you. That's in. what I mean. So yes, there's, there's some grace. It's not like, hey, if you're not in the top two or three of this conference, sure. you're not going yeah, yeah, to the yeah. dance.
2: I, I think it was 14 or like, 14 of the top 15 uh, hardest strengths of schedule games remaining in college basketball are the 14 teams in the Big 12. Yeah. Like, it's some insane stat like that, that you will be able to take care of your own business and still make the tournament, which is where that top 25 ranking helps on January 1st, on January 16th. However, it means nothing until March 16th. Something to keep in mind. Uh, Grant's mantra and the pregame banner messages of toughest team wins – Will lead some dust ups on the court, including the hanging leg incident. I, I little column A, little column B there. I, I don't, yes, when you are playing tough and they see you're playing tough, there's a reaction to that. I don't know that it's going to lead to as many, that many dust ups. I think these were two isolated incidents. I'd go with that. Yeah. Um, that being said, I would be remiss, Matt, if I didn't give you the opportunity to talk about the sad state of affairs that you are now in that your head football coach that you have had for six Super Bowl championships is no longer with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. But... Should it have happened two years ago? No.
1: Okay. He he earned the right to have losing seasons. Sure. He... He carried the franchise. And I'm not, I know Tom Brady and defense. I, I get all that. But when similar to a quarterback, the head coach gets the praise and then gets all the, the guilt when they're doing terrible. Just like a quarterback, you take all the praise when you win, you also take the responsibility when you lose. That's just, those two roles will always be like that, or at least they should. It was time for a change. I think that Belichick. Meshed so well with Brady that it, you know, people saw Brady leave. He went off instantly and won another Super Bowl, and everybody all of a sudden jumped on board of saying well, it was Brady, not Belichick. Well, the first three Super Bowls was Belichick in that defense. That's that's what won. You can go back and look at Tom Brady's stats in those Super Bowls. He did Those seasons. He even. didn't. Even the Super Bowls. So, I mean, just when it came down to yeah, the seasons. But when it comes down to that final game, it's not like you know every Super Bowl Brady was just the, this carrier of of a team, you know, he had to grow into that. I'm okay with Belichick leaving. Um, I, I think the direction that he had the Patriots currently, it would have been another rough year followed by another rough year because at that age, and as we all know, we are not at his age, but we are all stuck in our ways already at the ages that we all three are in this room. We like what we like. We don't like what we don't like. There's some small rooms that we can say, okay, I, haven't, I didn't think I liked that. I can try it now. I like it. But I can only imagine when I'm 70 years old, I'm pretty convinced I know what I like and I know how to do things. Um, I don't, uh, I'm not, like I said, upset. Gerard Mayo is the youngest head coach now in the NFL. 39, 37, one of those. Super young to Mm -hmm. be a head coach. Um, You typically don't want to follow after a successful coach, but being how bad Belichick was with the Patriots the last two years makes it a little easier, not bad follow, right? Following Nick Saban after he exited Alabama, you know, last week, that's a tough follow because he is still producing at the elite level. Um, So it's, I have a lot of hope for Gerard Mayo. He knows the system. He played in the system. He has coached the defense, Um, all of that is a positive note. I do think you need to go find an offensive coordinator, and I think something that Robert Kraft has already decided is that you're not going to have the Bill Belichick of, you're going to pick all your players. We're going to go hire a GM, or we'll promote within of a GM, but it's not going to be up to you like it was Bill. So I'm happy. I think that as a friend of Cowboys fans, it's going to come around to you as well. And I think that there's a good chance that you could be hunting for a coach slash a.k.a. maybe get Belichick. I think that's the splash hire if the Cowboys do terminate Mike McCarthy. And we know that Jerry loves splash hires.
2: Give me a 30. Cheers. It is 12.36 on Tuesday afternoon. Mike McCarthy's not been fired yet. Not yet. That is not a position that is open yet. Not yet. I don't think it should be. Now... I'm not upset if it is. I don't think Mike McCarthy is the reason you lost that game on Sunday. A hundred percent, I do. Uh, I, I'm not there.
1: Why? Why is it not any of? I'm just curious. Why is it not any of I put, his?
2: I put the blame on the guy wearing number four.
1: You don't
3: put any of it on the defense that gave up. Easy touchdowns all day. Some of that. Receivers weren't getting separation. Run game was MIA. Offensive line wasn't protecting worth a flip. I think there was a
1: lack of preparation for the entire team. <laughs> that 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 would be my whole thing is I just truly thought that the Cowboys came out very unprepared. I don't know if McCarthy should get relieved of his duties. I have said it on this show numerous times. I don't like calling for people's jobs, so I, I will not. But there would be some interesting possible hires, and I think that's what— I don't think that Dak's a terrible quarterback. People are now no. jumping off the bandwagon of Dak, hey, he played horrible, he played horrible.
2: I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. I think you, don't do Don't misunderstand when I say this. No. I point to Dak being the problem. I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. I think he's an average quarterback. So he's a, he's a 15 or higher on that quarterback list. Would you agree with that? Closer to 15 than higher, but yes. Okay. Um, would more teams in the NFL trade for Dak Prescott straight up, no contract issues whatsoever, than their guy? Yes. That doesn't make him a playoff-winning quarterback. That doesn't make him an elite quarterback. That doesn't make him a quarterback that wins Super Bowls. Okay. Now, is Dak Prescott an above-average guy, well-above-average guy? Absolutely. Do you never hear about him in trouble? You never hear about him on the wrong side of the law. You don't hear about stupid things in the offseason from Dak Prescott. He's getting his job done, and he's doing what he's supposed to do. He keeps his nose clean. If nothing else was true about him, I would support Dak Prescott as a human being. But he's also the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. And when you're the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, there's a level you've got to obtain, and he has not hit that mark. And numbers do not do it. He can throw for 50 million yards a season. You gotta win in the playoffs. And what do he does, What does he do in the playoffs? He picks up L's like they're going out of style. Yeah. You're the number you have twice home games in the playoffs in three years, and you lose.
1: Who is the head coach of those? Who's your starting quarterback? So it can't be all on one?
2: It's probably not all on one. Okay. And that's what I'm getting at. I'm it's- also looking at Dak Prescott being who Dak Prescott is. And Mike McCarthy has a Super Bowl championship. Sure, it was before some people <laughs> listening to this radio station were born. But he's got one.
1: That's my problem with McCarthy is is what you just said. is He does have a ring, 100%. He had unarguably a top three quarterback or top five at worst every year in Green Bay. And he got one. I don't know if he's the guy that can get There was a guy in
2: New England that kept him from getting a couple more, too. It's much like there are a lot of players in the NBA in the 90s that didn't get championship rings because there was one team winning them all.
1: I just... I'm not against Mike McCarthy. I just think that there are some offensive coordinators that would be more geared towards teaching that offense.
0: Bringing you the truth. Or... Something like the truth. This is the bottom line podcast from 100.7 The Score.
2: This is The Bottom Line on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Jeff McGuire in for Choice Woodman, sitting alongside the one and only Jamie Lentz. And I promise, Jamie, I did not drink your Mountain Dew. You do it's not good. need to sm- smell my breath. My it's Red good. Bull's right over there. Okay. So it's over there. All right. I haven't had, I haven't had it yet. Mm-mm. It will definitely be had at some point today though.
4: Contest <laughs> we were, of which is worse
2: for you. Um, I don't drink them like you drink Mountain Dew. Like I don't drink one every day, one every other day. It's uh, as needed.
4: I'm scared of Red Bulls. Any? I've never had an energy drink. Never, never, never. Like just one. Never. I mean, Mountain Dew's kind of an energy I agree. drink. Totally I totally. Mean, kind agree. of. Totally agree, but I've never had one.
2: Did you ever have a Jolt Cola?
4: I've never had a Jolt. Well, I remember them back in the day, but I never had one. Yeah, it like just didn't sound three good.
2: times the amount of caffeine in those than is a mm-hmm. cup of coffee or something insane.
4: Do you remember uh, back in the day we had the No Dose pills? No
2: Dose, yes. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, those I- were straight caffeine pills.
4: Yes. And so I remember during a summer session here at Texas Tech one year, I decided for the first time in my life I was going to pull an all-nighter. I had one final. And it was like at nine in the morning. I'm like, I'm just going to study all night for this. I was nervous about the test. So I'm just going to stay up all night. I'm going to study for this one and stay up all night and then I'll take the exam and I don't have to work until like four or five that afternoon and I'll just come back and then I'll sleep for six hours and I'll be great. And so I drank all the Mountain Dew that I wanted that night and took um, two pills. Oh boy. And it's supposed to uh, keep you going. I mean, I think you're supposed to take like one per 12 hours or something okay okay i think that's what it was i knew i was i knew i was taking it incorrectly but i figured i'm gonna stay awake i'm gonna do this and so also did not set an alarm because i knew i was gonna stay awake why should i set an alarm oh boy you know where this is going right
2: already so at some point during the
4: night uh i fell asleep and i woke up like 30 minutes into the exam and i hustled over there and took the exam and made the b i needed there you go but it was uh and then i was miserable for about two days like my insides just did not feel right
2: no dose side effects by the way agitation fast heartbeat trouble sleeping confusion bruising blood in the stool or urine dizziness feeling restless uh indigestion irritability and a word i'm not even going to try to pronounce I don't even know what this is. Let me mm-hmm. look at the description of it. Okay. Well, uh, I think you...
4: Confusion, ah, irritability... I think
2: dehydrated uh-huh. would be how this would be kind okay. of classified.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah. All, did all those fit?
4: Uh, no, I don't remember having like any serious like bathroom problems. So okay. Much. I just remember not feeling great for a day or so. Well, let's see. Do you f- But I felt better when I found out I made the B, so I was good. It was so, all worth it. Look, Don't he, ever do it.
2: Yeah. No, <laughs> looking at these, uh, the, the side effects as well, you could be accused of still having some of them today with confusion and agitation being on here because you work with us every day. You can be very confused at some of the things we bring up. Yeah, I think that's more to do up.
4: with my co-hosts
2: than the no-dose. Or just co-workers, as the <laughs> case may be. Uh, Jamie, on the last show, your boy Pete said... That uh, you would probably be more a trouble mechanical bull rider than you are a pickleball player. Let me try reading that again. That you would probably be more of a terrible mechanical bull rider than you are a pickleball player. Well, since he's never going to do either, um, I think they're the same.
4: I think I would be much better at pickleball than um, mechanical bull riding. I think I could pick up a paddle right now and handle my own pretty well.
2: Uh, this off the Yates Orange Center chat line from Steve Roy, Stephen Roy. Drove across I-40, California, North Carolina to South Carolina in an RV alone. Good first day, second and third day, couldn't stay awake, bought Nodos at a truck stop, and then it's a whole bunch of uh, emojis <laughs> from scared to sad <laughs> to sleepy to just neutral. <laughs> and you know what? I, uh, I feel that. Longest uh, car trip I've ever taken that I drove was 15 hours. And I did that in one day. That was a long day. Okay. Never want to do that again.
4: I've, I've driven 16 hours in one day before. That's a, It's a long time. Uh, Bullfighter said the si- pill's side effects sound like the morning drive.
2: Uh, we don't generally cause people to have blood in their <laughs> stool and urine, but you know, hey. <laughs> everything else. Everything else, picks. maybe. I mean, there's some the possibilities there. Uh, Jamie, we're getting close to an important time of the year for everybody, and that's uh, pitchers and catchers reporting in Major League Baseball.
4: That you're going with Valentine's
2: Day. Well, it's part of it. Valentine's Day and the start of college baseball season. The last two years, we've had huge news for the Rangers with you know, signing your infield, signing all of your starting pitchers last year, going into it, that you, you got excited as the season was coming up. And Rangers fans were excited because you won the World Series, but it's been a pretty quiet offseason, Jamie. If the name broke, don't fix it. But it's not all there. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you definitely could still use a little help with your bullpen. Um, that being said, your bullpen was phenomenal in the postseason. And it was not even close to phenomenal in the regular season. So do you just uh, buy into, hey, we got it figured out, they performed well, or do you think to yourself, man, we we probably got to do a little bit more there? I would think, um, and and you've seen some of that. I know the Rangers have made a a few signings uh, to their bullpen, but um, still don't feel like you really have a closer. But my guess is you're kind of riding with what you have at this point. I mean, there might be some tweaks here and there. And may, or maybe the Rangers feel like uh, before the deadline they can add somebody. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like you, you could still add bullpen help.
2: Didn't they sign Cleveland's closer this offseason? Mm-hmm. I could be wrong on that. And I'm not going to be able to scroll through the nine guys that they talked with international stuff about on their news feed. Uh, to I could have sworn that they got somebody for a closer. The, the one I'm anticipatingly waiting for anticipating mm-hmm. Lee waiting. That doesn't sound right in the head, but you, you know where I'm going. Uh, you got to get Montgomery back from all accounts. Everybody wants it to happen. Well, let's get it done. Let's stop. Let's stop the worry. We need him ready for opening day. And if he's not on the roster, he can't pitch opening day. This seems like a simple problem solution that we can get here that, you know, if the Rangers are his number one destination and the Rangers want to bring him back, I don't understand why it hasn't been done yet, and I'm getting kind of concerned that somebody's lying to me. And I don't like being lied to about baseball. I
4: would think that that would be a priority, but maybe both sides just have felt like, "Hey, we'll wait till after the holidays, and then we'll we'll dive into it because we feel like we'll we'll get this deal done." Mm-hmm. And it's only the
2: fifteenth. It, 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 it's sixteenth. It's time to yeah. ticket. Yeah, you 16th. know.
4: Yeah, I will say this: the Rangers signed did re-sign both Dunning and Spores in the offseason. And Spores was so good in the postseason. I wonder if one of those guys could turn into a
2: closer. It's a great question. Yeah. That we will start finding out the answer for, one pitchers and catchers report on Valentine's Day. It's a good day. Thoughts from you guys rolling in on the Yates Flooring Center just, chat line?
4: Just makes sense. Baseball starts on the day of love. It all makes so much sense.
2: Well, yeah. Because baseball is love, man. Mm -hmm. You love the sport. It's for the love of the game, even. (laughs) It's the the bottom line. I want 100.7 the score.
0: Bringing you the truth, or something like the truth, this is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 the score.
2: Jeff McGuire in for Choice Woodman today on the bottom line of 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com and the 100.7 The Score mobile lab sitting alongside Jamie Lynn and Ben Portman across the way, and slides, taking care of us as he does. Uh, thoughts rolling in on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Longest road trip I ever done was Silverdale, Washington to Lubbock. 28 hours, took a two hour nap outside of Salt Lake. Gosh, it's a long day in their car. Um, you ever been, have you ever taken a nap on the side of the road? Not on the side of the road. Like I've done
4: it like at a rest stop or pulled into a Walmart or something.
2: There was a a trip down to Houston and there was like a stretch, uh, the first t- in 99 when my sister graduated that I was like going to Houston, like every other weekend kind of concept for either school musical or her graduation or final choir concert, whatever it was like, it just seemed like every other weekend I was going down there. And what I ended up doing from work at the place where I was working at the time, I would open the store that day and then get off at the early change and then take the next day off and then we're closing the next day. So it was like work early drive, spend the day in Houston wake up, drive, and then go to work. I was much younger and dumber then than I am now. Uh, and there was one trip I was heading down there, and I got—I was getting the highway hypnosis mm-hmm. through the back roads of West Texas. And, I, and that's not a place that you want to get hi- highway hypnosis, okay? Because deer are scary, okay? Especially at 75 miles an hour. So I pull over and think, okay, I'm on the side of the road, I'm not gonna hit anybody. I'm on the uh it's a perfectly straight area. Yeah. So no one should hit me.
4: I would be afraid that's what I would be afraid of.
2: And I set an alarm to go off uh I wanna say I, I set it for 30 minutes just to to kind of reset everything and 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 get a break in there. And the alarm went off. I didn't hear it. At some point, I don't know how long I was out, I hear this.
4: Police officer.
2: I'm like, what? And I wasn't awake enough or coherent enough to understand what it was. It was someone knocking on the door. Couldn't figure it out. So I'm like, I kind of like do a look around a little bit, but I'm not like actually looking anywhere. Put my head back down. Knock, 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 knock again. State trooper making sure I was okay and not drunk on the side of the road. And I was like, oh yeah. Wow. How's it going, everybody? Yeah, I'm good. No. And he's like, you okay in there? He's like, yeah, just getting a little sleepy and didn't want to hit anybody at 75 miles an hour. I thought that would be a bad idea. He's like, well, you know, we got a lot of great hotels up in the next town. And in my head was, I wasn't going to make it to the next town. And the last town I passed was two hours that way.
4: I'm not going to sleep on the side of the road. I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. It's people that Michael Jordan owes debt money or money to gambling money to would come after me.
2: Uh, this person wanted to know about the long trip. We're on a deadline Why not take a long sleep and take some uh, taking some of the sites along the way. Yeah, that helps. It does. It, the there's also and I completely get this. You just want to get there. I've got a destination. Let's just make it one miserable trip, maybe a two day trip and just get it over with. I'm going to be in the car for 48 hours. Let me just get it done.
4: Yeah, as long as you can do it safely. Yeah.
2: Safe. and eh, we're already doing 75 miles an hour, pulling a trailer and an RV with, you know, all of our toys in the back end and then swinging around and then the, throwing the West Texas wind, blowing stuff around. Eh, safe is whatever. It's okay. Sure. Uh, going back to this Rangers conversation we were having a minute ago, Jamie. Um, you got to like the Rangers' chances going into next year, assuming that you can get Jordan Montgomery back. Uh, And even if you don't, you're still looking at some mid-season acquisitions via injury that you're getting back around the All-Star break that you should feel really good about going into next season with full well knowing what also is coming in the middle of that season. Like, your trade deadline, you're already set. If no moves happen, you're going to get better. Yeah,
4: you'd like to think so. Um, getting getting somebody back that you um, paid a lot of money to, that, you know, hey, that, not that my you money. Expected to be an ace, but um, you're also not expecting him to come back and be, you know, in mid season form. Sure, you know, so it's gonna take a little bit of a little bit of time there. You know, I I think when I I think about the Rangers' chances, I think they're you know good to be one of the best teams in the American League, but I also think it doesn't you don't have to go too far back to just remember how close that race was Mm -hmm. you know i mean you went to the final weekend not knowing if you were in if you were the division winner or if you were a wild card if you were i mean if you were out i mean it um it went right down to the to the wire there so i don't think um seattle or houston are going away okay so i think that that's going to be a battle there I I don't think the um, Baltimore, Tampa is going to go away, and they were obviously very good in the East. I think the Yankees have um, improved their team this year, so uh, I think they'll be good too. So I don't look at it as when I look at the American League, I don't think I look at it as if to say, oh, man, the Rangers are going to be in a dogfight to get in. I feel confident that they will, but at the same time, I mean, they could still have a good season and not be in the playoffs.
2: You will hush your mouth when you're saying things like that. I mean, it about. just
4: feels like there were so many good teams last year. It was just really close.
2: Right. But at some point, the Astros are ha- going to have to make some decisions uh, with the, the, the talent getting older that they've got. And they've already made some of those decisions already. But you're also looking at, I, I'm with you. I don't think Seattle's going anywhere anytime soon. Those are, I think that's your big competition. And like, It wouldn't shock me to see the Astros finish third in the division by a couple of games, by like a, a non-significant margin, that it's because they've been on top for so long that the the window's kind of closed, that the winning the division last year uh, may have been the last year off for them.
4: I don't think that window's closed yet. I, I would not be surprised at all to see the, Ameri- the Astros win the American League this year. I still think there's plenty of talent there.
2: Well, they're not the White Sox. Let's make this clear. They're not going to be looking for a new manager because, you know, their well, manager they, sucks.
4: Well, they already got the, At the end of this year is yeah. what I'm talking about.
2: But it's they're going to have to try to start making some of the hay that they made before with either free agent signings, which they really haven't done anything either in the free agency market this year, or in their draft. And when you're winning World Series championships and you're doing all of those things. You're drafting a lot later than these other teams are that are able to really fill out their uh, minor league rosters and and really get that prospect pool building, like what built them the the championship runs that they've been on, that those guys are starting to get older and get paid, and now some of those guys aren't with you anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people love Jose Altuve, but he's not the player he was three years ago. And, And a lot of that showed up last year. Justin Verlander, for the first time in his career, may have kind of looked like time finally caught up to him a little bit. He wasn't the Verlander that everybody expected him to be last year. He was still really good, but you could tell that it was a different Verlander this time around than they had in the past. That all of those things kind of factor in. Seattle is young and excited and ready to go and very scary at times, no doubt. Yeah. I feel like it's that it's now time for the Rangers in Seattle to go back and forth for a while, uh, and the Rangers going to be having to make some decisions with some older guys in the very near future, specifically with some of your pitchers that you've brought in. they were already older to begin with, yeah. And it's also a little disappointing that some of your prospects that you've drafted for the Rangers haven't quite panned out the way you wanted them to. That you were kind of hoping could fill that gap going forward. So some some doing has to be done in the prospect area.
4: Yeah, you you haven't gotten a lot out of your draft as far as your starting rotation goes.
2: Great for third baseman, though.
4: They've did done a really right. good job there. Done all right there.
2: They, they should continue that trend and draft Red Raiders there uh, for their positions, and they might be doing better. I'm just saying. Okay. I mean, I think we've got a, a one-to-one ratio here. They've drafted a Red Raider early, did well. Seems like a simple concept to me to keep, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Do it again. Okay. All right. I don't think Tim Tadlock would mind, right?
4: Kevin Bazell, your next Rangers (laughs) catcher. Move out of the way, Jonah Heim.
2: Well, by the time Jonah Heim's ready to hang it up, it'll be time for Kevin Bazell to be the Rangers catcher. Like, there's some Mm -hmm. time that you can build this up. Josh wasn't a major leaguer his first year. True. Uh, this off the, the Yates-Loring Center chat line. Astros will win 100 games this year. You can book that in Chuck's notebook. That's great. What do we get if you're wrong? Yeah, I, I will acknowledge if you're right. What do we get if you're wrong?
4: I don't go near his notebook. I heard there's pictures in there.
0: Boo. Getting to the point, but taking the scenic route to get there. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score.
2: That music can mean one thing and one thing, only that it is time for the fastest-growing game show in radio history. Take versus take. I have the cues. These two other gentlemen, by the name of Jamie and by the name of Ben, have the A's. Are you two ready?
4: I thought this game died.
2: Can something ever truly die? No. Okay. Not in radio. It just gets brought back and recycled and reused. Uh... We will start with Jamie Lint, and as the rules are, there's a food question, an entertainment question, and a sports question. Which would you like to start with, Jamie?
4: Uh, If I'm going first, I want to go with the sports question.
2: Jamie, it is easy to say right now that it is frozen outside. What is the coldest you have ever been at a game?
4: Um I man, I don't remember who was playing but it was a high school football broadcast. I know I was uh, I'm I was a sideline guy. It was at So Stephen, there's no break there. <laughs> yeah, it was at Stephen F Austin University in Nacogdoches and I'm I'm going to say it was uh in the 20s but um no snow or anything like that it was just cold and it was the most miserable four-ish hours that i can remember having in a long time imagine it was windy a little bit
2: there's a breeze going a little bit that didn't help
4: yeah ben it was just cold
3: so there's a couple times similar to Jamie's experience. There was no snow or uh, precipitation involved. But the first time was in middle school playing football. We were playing. I went to Evans here in Lubbock. We were playing Friendship Middle School. And me being ignorant, I didn't know this ahead of time. It was going to be about 30-something degrees. And I had nothing but my shirt, my athletic shirt, my ad- my ath- athletic shorts on underneath my uniform. That was it. Everybody else had... Long sleeves Long, on, yeah. The the extra wet protectors. shirts, the extra layers, and
4: Ben, he, Ben, Ben, Ben,
3: Ben. <laughs> I was I was running around all over the field trying to get that blood pumping. <laughs> yeah, I bet you were. And, and coach, sen- it was
2: the greatest game of Ben Foreman's career. Yeah, and, and was since, since then him I've him learned the to field. fight the
3: cold. Since then I've learned to fight the cold. Like everything, thirty-five. If it's over thirty-five, I'll I'll try to fight it. And the second time I ran cameras for the university. So last year in the Oklahoma game, I'm out there in multiple wares because it's got to be in like 16 degrees-ish. Mm-hmm. It was around there. And I think it was supposed to rain that night, so I also had frog togs on just in case there was precipitation. And those
2: California. aren't warm. Mm-hmm. They're dry, but they are not warm. <laughs> I think I got a good bit on the point for the first one because you're playing through it. Although, I kind of want to take it away from you as well because it was your own stupidity that put you there. You got to check the weather forecast, when yeah, he was young.
4: Lack of preparing.
3: Yeah. yeah, I was 13 years old at the time. You know, yeah. Didn't yeah, have an iPhone. That's 30. where your
2: parents got to help you, too. Your, your parents are allowed to help you out, but you got the point.
4: I'm amazed when... I i, I mean, I, I remember going back to the days of picking up my kids from elementary school or, or middle school, and it would be a day like today, and I'd see kids come out of the middle school in t-shirt and shorts. And I'm like, what? First off, how are you not just like freezing kid? And number two, how did your parents let you out of the house? How does that happen? I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I've made my kids go back inside and get a sweatshirt.
2: Well, that's because, you know, they were wearing, you know, what kids would wear. And then you're like, no, 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 get back up there and change we don't wear that outside what are you doing
4: yeah and that was like the strict parent You that was like a week ago (laughs) and i'm not even joking like well we're going to gym the gym to shoot we'll be inside yes and you'll be hot and sweaty and then we'll go back outside and freeze and it'll be 30 and you'll be sick go get a sweatshirt
2: (laughs) all right ben with a one nothing lead as we go into question number two ben what is the best cold weather food
3: Easily breakfast food. It can be pancakes, waffles, eggs, bacon, anything in that category.
2: Okay. Interesting answer. See, this is kind of loaded for you on this one because normally when I think of cold weather food, I think of the crock pot, which is like Jamie's worst invention ever. So I'm interested to see what Jamie's answer to this is.
4: Actually, something that comes out of a crock pot. Whenever it's super cold, I love... Meatball subs.
3: Ooh.
2: That's a solid answer. And mm-hmm. Jamie Lint is on the board with a meatball sub. I hadn't even thought about that as a cold food. And that mm-hmm. does kind of come out of a crock pot. You got to keep them warm so the meatballs get don't get like dried out and everything else. Yeah, that's, just, that's solid. All right. That's go the
4: on. only good use that I have for a crock pot. Oh, there's
2: so many good uses for a crock pot. I understand why you don't like them. I get mm-hmm. it. So many good uses. All right, Jamie, 1-1 tie, as all things should be as we head into the final question. What is the coolest special effect you have ever seen in a movie and then they showed you how you saw how it was done? In a behind-the-scenes, someone described it to you, whatever it was.
4: Ben, do you have an answer?
2: Oh come on! There's not one.
3: I want to see if he gives me an idea. So the question is: special effect.
2: special effect that you saw how it was done, whether it be in a like a behind the scenes make, or you you saw a video on it, or someone described it to you on how they did it.
3: Could it count when they tried to duplicate Lindsay Lohan for the Parent Trap? Just the complexity of how that process was yeah
2: because you know she's doing both sides and they had they had her on two different sides of the screen and sometimes it was an angled cut so that she could be doing something on the bottom half of the screen yeah that counts that's a special effect
4: you mean she didn't really have a twin sister
2: she didn't really have a twin sister no wow <sighs> blue jamie's mind
4: mind blown right here um Jeff, I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. I'm sorry.
2: No skateboarding trick or like a baseball special effect in a movie that you're like, that was really cool. And then you saw that they digitally inputted the crowd for something or anything along those lines? I guess
4: I just have never watched any of the how did they make it happen kind of shows. On
2: most DVDs, if you still have any of those, there's Mm -hmm. usually a behind-the-scenes trailer or something Mm -hmm. that you can watch. They're like 30 minutes long. I wouldn't watch them for all of the movies you own, but yeah. maybe almost some, like you might, behind the scenes of uh, Space Jam. Space Jam would be great. <laughs> There's a whole thing where they got Michael Jordan playing against guys in green suits. Yeah. Yeah. Like that would be really cool to see how they pulled that off and, and how yeah. they drew his arm out so he could make the dunk from, you know, the three quarter mark on the other side with his arm just getting stretched out.
4: It was actually just Wembiniana.
2: <laughs> he does have incredibly long arms. Yeah. So that is a definite fact. Mm-hmm. I think by default, I've got to give the point to uh, Ben there since he had an answer on the final one. So Ben gets the win in take versus take. Way to go, Ben. Uh, to be fair, the coldest I have ever been, uh, it was a tech sport. It was a tech football game in 2010, where it was one of the days in West Texas where it was 80 and then it was 30. And I was dressed for the 80. And then it got down to like forty. That was a very rude awakening on my part, which is when I really got experience with the West Texas weather at that time of the the quick change of Bad those deal. days. Um, that's actually how I have my uh, Knights Army shirt that's got the the Texas Tech colors on it that you actually looked at. And went, hey, that's a good looking shirt because it's it's the Texas Tech with the red and black camouflage mm-hmm. on it. It was the long sleeve shirt I put put on underneath my polo that I was wearing at the time because it was warm. yeah. And I was smart. looking for layers at that point. Uh, best cold weather food, huge fan of chicken noodle soup when I can get it done and just let it sit there and ro- boil all day. and gets that slow little rolling boil to it that it just stays warm and you just go get another bowl and scoop it out. and All of that warmth is really good.
3: I was going to guess gumbo for you. You seem like a gumbo type of guy. I
2: like gumbo. I don't make gumbo. Like, I will eat gumbo and enjoy it, but I don't pretend to know how to make it well, so I let the professionals do it. And a cool special effect was from uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. There's a scene where they're in the a shuttle going to the moon, and there's a pen floating, and you think it's just done with a string, but you can't control it very well with a string. It was t- double-sided taped to the back side of a piece of glass that they rotated.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So when the lady comes up and picks it up and just pulls it, she just pulls it off the piece of glass and hands it to the guy that had dropped it. But just that simple effect was, you're just like,
4: whoa. That was going to be my, cool. That was going to be my next that's answer. That's your next answer? Mm-hmm. Okay. 2001, A Space Odyssey. You haven't even seen the movie. It's
0: fine. This has been the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Go to 100 7thescore.com for more from the Double T Sports Network.